This is a download from News Talk 106 to 108. To download other programmes or for more information, go to newstalk.ie. Off the ball, getting inside the game on News Talk 106 to 108. All right, a very good evening to you if you've just joined us. Uh, now would be a good time to get your text in for John Giles. He's in the studio with us. John, a very good evening to you. Thanks, Jerry. I want to start with Barcelona because I think the comeback this week was um, really just worth spending a bit of time with. Yeah. One of the things that I found today reading about uh, the build-up to the game actually was Xavi saying that he found out a lot more from being injured and watching the team the previous week against Real Madrid than sometimes actually being on the field. Mm. That in in the midst of the battle, sometimes he didn't notice trends that were developing yeah. and that he could actually then correct them by going back. Yeah. Um, in particular, how hard they were pressing, how many options they were giving each other when they were in possession to just make sure that everybody always had an outlet for the ball. And that kind of got us thinking about the role that Xavi has apparently been playing just recently with the manager away, where he's a senior player and is kind of stepping up to his sense of responsibility. Well, I think that happens, but senior players only have a certain amount of respect and responsibility, Jer. You know, there's not, I haven't met a player yet, uh, unless he's a player manager, that has the authority uh, that the manager is required of a manager. Uh, because you're one of the players, you're out there, you're doing it yourself. And as he said himself, he could only see what was going wrong by by being off the pitch. Yeah. And then to put it right. Um, and uh, I'd say that would be one of the elements of them being back to form, but only one of them. I think the, the main thing was that the, the manager has been ill, for uh, unfortunately been ill, and can't do his job. Mm. And there's no group of players that I've ever known can run it the way it should be run in the way the manager would run it. You know? Yeah. You, it slips. Because if that wasn't the case, there'd be no, there'd be no uh, uh, room for a manager to be doing the stuff that he does. In other words, Ferguson could say at Christmas right now, you know what to do, I'm going off now and I'll see you next season. Yeah. It's a day-to-day, session-to-session, and particularly match-to-match situation to keep things right, keep the way it wants to right, to keep on top of the players. There's loads and loads of things that managers have to do that you wouldn't know by looking at the manager. You know, the fact that he's there at the train and see what's going on, sees what the, what the reaction is like. And definitely, uh, when the manager's away, for it, it can carry on for a week or two or three, but somewhere along the line, it's going to slip. Mm. And I think it did slip with, with, uh, with uh, Barcelona. Mainly, uh, as Xavi said, uh, it's a pressing game. You know, if you looked at them, I watched Southern the week before in Milan and they weren't pressing the way they, they, they... What was great about Barcelona was that the ability... First of all, the ability that they had and that ability mentally... They were mentally then reduced to play the way players of no ability play when the opposition have the ball. In other words, Messi, who's the most skillful player, probably most, definitely one of the most skillful players in the world, was prepared to do the donkey work, as they say. Now, I think that slipped from the Barcelona team and... That would be fifty percent of that game gone because the other stuff is the, cla- the, the 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 classy stuff. That's all all brilliant, but the other stuff is just as important. But it wouldn't be the attractive part of the game. Now, if you notice them the other night in the match, they, they pressed and pressed and pressed and made it very very difficult for the uh, the Milan players, which is the thing, exactly what they were doing when they were at their best. Yeah. So Xavi would notice that probably more if he wasn't playing. Whether he would have the, the, the take on the responsibility of telling that the, to the players and the players accepting that from him, I don't know. Apparently that is the case. Yeah. Well, it, somebody, somebody got the message through to them that this is what we have to do and they did it. 
it's a really unusual situation where the manager's been away for so long and at least mm. now the club have announced a, a return date I think of the 25th of March um, to have survived him being away is obviously a testament to the players um, but they almost didn't survive being away it was well, really I don't, I don't think they actually survived in a way uh, didn't certainly well it, it goes back to playing I think that it did slip uh, I think they were beaten by Madrid a couple of times which can happen even if you're playing well but watching them play in those particular matches uh, and particularly in Milan, the, the, the attitude of the team when the, the opposition had the ball definitely slipped. And I think the other night they got a, a kick up the, the backside last week in Milan. So I think the players would know instinctively we're not quite working as hard as we should be. Yeah. But the manager's not there to do it. That's what a manager does to make sure that they do all these particular things. And I think the players, you know, maybe with Xavi saying it, this is what, if we want to get back to our best... This is what we have to do. And that's what they did. You know, so they did slip, Jared. Yeah. There's no doubt they did slip while the manager was been away. Yeah, it's a, it has been kind of hanging over the situation. And at least now with him coming back, that finishes. But there's no assistant manager who can really do that role either because they yeah. all know that he's, he's not the boss. Well, you don't have two managers of equal ability at a club. That's why you have a first and a second. I mean, if the second was that good, he wouldn't be a second at that club, he'd be a first somewhere else. So that's, that's what a, how important a manager is. Uh, you know, you, you often hear things over the years, like, say, when Brian Clough was at Knott's Forest, oh, we never saw him, we never we didn't do much. You used to say the same about Matt Busby. But when they're gone, the presence is, is missed totally because it's a word here and a word there. They don't appear, they're not going around shouting their heads off. You know, it's an influence on the team, what they expect of the team uh, on the Saturday when they play or the Sunday whenever they play, uh, what they expect of the individual players, his relationship with the individual players. Mm. That's what a manager does. It doesn't look like anything. It's not a question of shouting on the, on, getting on the, be- on the sideline and shouting instructions because the players can't hear that. That work is already done, but it's an influence all the time. And it's a day-to-day job, a week-to-week job. It's a match-to-match job. And once it, it can last for a week or two, but once that influence is not there, then it slips. That's why you have managers. If, if, if the managers weren't, weren't that important, Jer, there'd be no good managers and bad managers. Does that make it even more impressive that they've managed to stay in the Champions League without the manager being there? Well, I think they, I think they did slip. I mean, I think the matches against Madrid, their form in the league, they, they lost matches that they hadn't been losing before and they weren't playing as well and they were definitely poor against Milan last week. They never got it. They were, their attitude wasn't good. They weren't working like they did. Now, they got it back for, for this match which is a good sign for them for the future yeah. you know I think they, they must realise now this is the way we have to do it see when you're playing the way Barcelona players there's so much, so much expected of them it's hard work Chair. and I think that, that work ethic slipped a bit maybe they wouldn't even have noticed it but it did slip and now that they've got it back they got the, 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 the warning sign in Milan they could have gone out now that they're not out they're in it again they're in the draw for the, for the next round and I think they will know if they didn't know before, that this is what we have to do yeah. now. And that's why I said last night, I, th- I think they can go on and win it now because I think they've had their kick up the backside to get back to where they were and their winning ways and what made them winners. Does it help to have somebody, have Xavi coming into everybody and saying, here, listen, I was watching the game and you guys weren't doing things you're supposed to be doing. And and is it only the players of Xavi standing who can actually do that? If Well, it usually is. I mean, he's an experienced player. He's probably the oldest player on the team. Uh, he's, he's been a great player for them and he he would have a lot of influence. And I think it, it depends the manner in which he said it. I mean, don't forget, Xavi only missed a couple of matches, so he was as responsible as anybody else yeah, for the slipping of standards. Yeah. So I think what he would say is, uh, if, he was, if he was, if he has to, I'm included in this. This is what we didn't do and we have to get back to it. 
And that's what we did the other night. So he would be in a, in a position to say that, but he wouldn't be able to say it in a way that sometimes he's reading the paper where the captain of the team says, uh, we've got to pull up our socks, we've got to do this. In other words, it's not me, it's the rest of the team that's not doing it. Yeah. I'd say Xavi, if it, and he's been there a long time and he's been a great player, he's had a lot of respect, he would be including himself in the slipshod way. When you were in dressing room as a player, what were those conversations like and who, who's having them? Are you well, all having them with each other? or Well, what would happen is, um, uh, no, particularly at Leeds, well, I, was, I was 11 years with Don Revy at Leeds, um, and if we had a, a couple of bad results, there'd be, there'd be a, what they call a crisis meeting on the Monday, right after the Saturday match, crisis meeting on the Monday, and he would open, he would open the, out the discussion, right? Anybody got anything to say? Let's say it now, let's get it out of the way, let's fix it and get it done. So and there would be a lot of arguments in some cases there would be a lot of arguments now I should, no, you should have come in that big jack would be involved say I wasn't tracking down the centre forward no I don't agree with that uh, it would be a bit of a row <coughs> usually with yeah. Jack there would be a bit of a row over it and then after that then Rebbe say okay now you've all had your say this is what we do So he did actually canvass opinion he was he was oh, looking yeah. for you guys to be strong and, and oh yeah yeah you could as long as they say they used to say years ago and they still say as long as it stays in the dressing room you can there was often loads of rows Jed, people didn't know anything about but that's the way a well club well run club is run it doesn't get into the papers it's a, you're in a private room mm. and it's 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 an honest debate it's for the benefit of the team it's not for the benefit of any individual. And that's where a manager can come in on it because sometimes some people do it for the, their own benefit. The goalkeeper, for example, would want 10 people in the wall, right? Centre-half wouldn't want people attacking. He'd want to be covered. You know, there's a lot of self-interest in football in that particular way. But that's just where the manager comes into it because he can listen to all that and judge what self-interest, what self and then So, right, this is what we do. This is for the benefit of the team. And if it's and not... Big Jackson would say, no, no, I don't agree with that. He'd say to Jack, or he'd say it to me, or he'd say it to Billy Bremner, no, okay, you've had your say on that, but this is what I want you to do. And that's the end of it. If it's not happening on the field then, in the middle of a game, does everybody have the licence to tell everybody else that you're not doing it? Um, well, it, it's, your starting point is, is, is honesty of effort, you know? And again, the, the manager, it doesn't happen on one afternoon. Yeah. What, a, what a good manager does over a period of time, he creates an environment where good lads flourish, right? The environment is right. So... He weeds out the bad lads, right? So you don't, when you get on the pitch, after he's done his job and he gets the people in he wants, you don't have rows on the pitch, you know? You don't have rows. You can have, you can have a disagreements, but there will be certain players in the team uh, that would, if they were older players, if I was an older player, if I felt, for example, that Peter Lorimer wasn't doing that, I, I had uh, the authority to say it, or to Eddie Gray, or to any of the players, if, as long as it's done in the right way. Yeah. It was never if what what can upset a player is if say I'm having a go at Peter Lorimer and I'm start throwing my arms around it. Peter's missed a chance. You're throwing your arms around in that. That's letting him down in relation to the supporters because you're showing it. But you can have a go at somebody without anybody knowing, and that's it. that's a question of trust. You know, I I I I was I was an influential player at Leeds. I was an experienced player, so I could at times have a go at Billy Brown or Eddie Gray, uh, Norman. We'd have disagreements, but we never ever fell out over it because it was it was a relationship that was established that if Norman was having to go for me it was for the benefit of the team if I was having to go with somebody else this was to G each other up it was for the benefit of the team that, that's a, a trust that you build up over years it doesn't happen overnight so therefore you wouldn't have a row you certainly wouldn't have a row in public on the pitch yeah 
I'm just struck with the complete difference with, say, for example, the situation today at Chelsea, uh, where we know almost every time Benitez has a crossword to say to any of the players that this leaks out immediately. Yeah. Well, you see, but to be fair to Benitez, he hasn't had time to build up a trust and respect that's needed. First of all, most of those players are not his. He's come in on an interim basis and he's trying to uh, impose himself and his will on the players. He hasn't had time to build up that trust that's necessary. Like he would want, like I think for Nitas to, to, to get the best of his abilities for the club, he'd want about four or five years. Mm. Which in other words, a manager comes in, looks and says, well, say it's John Terry, I've got to get rid of him, I've got to get rid of him. He, he doesn't have that time to do that. And the players know he doesn't have that time. It seems like it's a reversal almost of the power of the senior players. At, at not just that maybe, maybe, maybe it is just at Chelsea actually, but there are other kind of teams where you've known who the most important player was. Thierry Henry at Arsenal, for example, seemed to have a slightly out-of-kilter level of, of power over the rest of the team. Um, and you kind of wonder if, if maybe sometimes that managers allow players now to have a little bit... I know it's not player power so much, but one individual having more influence over his teammates than the well, rest. It depends on the player, and it depends on the manager. Ultimately, ultimately the manager is is in, is in charge. I mean, if you the, the perfect example would be, uh, say, Fer- Alex Ferguson's example. There's no player bigger than Alex Ferguson at that club. We know that. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he does it with Rooney, he does it with anybody else. He had a special relationship with Roy Keane, right? Because he trusted Roy Keane, and he knew that Roy Keane did it actually, and I believe this sincerely about Roy Keane. He did it for the benefit of the team. So Ferguson would live with that because he has a player on the pitch doing the job for him, right? What the big worry for any manager is somebody on the pitch that's not doing the job for the manager, actually telling the players. But that's how the manager sorts them out. You see, a manager, when he goes into it, he has a vision of what he wants, yeah. And one of the things he does, he gets rid of the players that are not going to do it for him. That's over a period of time. Alex Ferguson took three years to win to win a trophy. He did a lot, a lot of weed now to do. It takes time to do that until you get the players in that will that you respect and trust. Roy Keane was a very, very influential player at Manchester United because he was doing it for the benefit of the team and mm. that was his big driving force. Now, when it came time for when he stepped over the line, as they say, he was gone. It seems as if almost, well, not almost no manager, but very few managers are going to have the situation where they'll be given the time so that it is their team and their group of players. Like mm. Even at Liverpool, for example, Brendan Rodgers will always have Steven Gerrard to deal with in that dressing room yeah. For another three seasons, That's up okay, to another Jack. three seasons. As long as he's okay, as long as, as long as Gerard is behaving himself uh, and playing his best for the team and doing his stuff for the team, he can build that. There's not, nothing wrong with having that, uh, uh, that relationship between player and manager. There's nothing wrong with that. You actually, actually, a lot of managers need that, and they need two or three or four players with that responsibility and respect of the fellow players, but doing it for the benefit of the team. Uh, you know, Rogers, Rogers, like. He, there's nothing better than having an experienced player in the team, in the club, as long as he's of the right the right caliber and doing it for the for the benefit of the of the club and the team, not for his own benefit. Yeah, I, I Ferguson wouldn't have anybody that was doing it for their own benefit it, in the club. It's been noticeable actually that um, he's never taken Stephen Gerrard off in the league this season. That um, I presume Stephen Gerrard would have been quite annoyed being substituted. I but remember maybe he didn't deserve to be sent taken off. Jeff. You know? Yeah, that, that is See, definitely you, possible. You, look, you have to look at the manager and say, what the manager wants, is what everybody wants, is a winning team, right? Now, and everybody has a responsibility, whether it be Gerard or anybody else, if the fella's not doing his stuff, he has to come off or he's not going to play him. That's when you fall out. 
But if you have a, if you have a, 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 an experienced player doing his stuff, there's nothing better. I mean, I'll give you a perfect example. When I went to Leeds first, Bobby Collins was playing. Bobby Collins was a Scottish player. had played a great career at Celtic. He was ever, Everton. He was 10 years older than me. And Bobby Collins was a great influence. A great influence. Training. If anybody's messing around, he put him right on the pitch. He did nothing but 100% for the team. And he could give out to anybody on the pitch because it was done in the right way. He wasn't shouting and roaring and showing off what he was doing. He wanted to win. And he had a great attitude to do it. And he wanted everybody else to be the same. That was a great uh, lesson for a player. I was, I was 10 years younger than Bobby, uh, Billy Bremner, Norman Hunter. Paul, these were all another three years younger than me. Mm. But it was great to have an example. That, that Bobby Collins' spirit stayed with the club long after he left. It's great to have a senior player like as long as they're of the right calibre. There's nothing worse for a club to have a bad senior, a, fellow, a senior player with a bad attitude. Yeah. Terrible. It ruins young players and everything else. So, but that's what good managers do. They judge. He's a good lad. I'll stay with him. And the fact that he hasn't subbed, it's because he's, he's probably played well. But if, 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 if the manager ever uh, shirks his responsibility in terms of the elder player, he'll, he'll, he'll do himself out of a job. Yeah. We've seen that happen a lot, actually. Yeah. 53106 is the text number. Just to bring everybody up to date, it's Inter 3, Spurs nil on the night, which means that it's 3 all on aggregate. And uh, we could well be headed for extra time in a game that looked like it was signed and sealed uh, last time out at White Hart Lane. But there's still a good 10 minutes left to go on this one. John, staying with us. Get your text in, 53106. We'll be back after this. Off the ball on Newstalk 106 to 108. All right, John Giles is uh, still with us. If you've got text for us, 53106 is the number. We were talking about the Arsenal game last night in the programme and somebody texted in saying that um, the result last night was the worst possible result for Arsenal because it papers over the cracks. It's another glorious failure and Wenger will be able to say, oh, here was the perfect performance of my team, disciplined, good defence, and that actually we don't really need to make that many changes, just need to be a little bit better next season to knock out Bayern Munich. And I understood what the texter was saying because... Well, it depends what way you look at it, Jerry. You can look at it that way, or um, I, I, I don't actually agree with that. I think the what what I would be critical of Wenger last, Wenger last night was the fact that they were three down from the first leg, and he gave up on it mm. uh, because it, it, when you think about that, what didn't make common sense. The attitude seemed to be well, there's a huge match coming up against Swansea, so all the emphasis was on the Swansea match. Not this particular match. And the reason that it's a big match is because they want to qualify for the Champions League next year. Right? Now, you're already in the Champions League. <laughs> so why not go to win that match? Yeah. You know, you see, if you look at the match last night, they won by, by 2 0 and they left a few players out. So it was like, there used to be, there was a cliche in football that everybody used to laugh at, well, we want to take one game at a time. This wasn't taking one, this was taking one game and then the next game. In other words, when resting players, for this match because we want to beat Swansea on Saturday how do you know what would have happened if we'd played the best team last night the players that came on Yeah, it they might have done it uh, it doesn't make sense that Arsenal actually able to put in a decent performance then, even with that I don't, think, I, I don't think it was a great performance last night by Arsenal I think it was a bad performance by the two teams I thought the standard of play was awful mainly because maybe Bayern Munich were a bit complacent and thought they'd only have to go through the motions but if you pick your best team you don't know whether they're going to be like that or not. Yeah. Go and try and win the match and take Saturday as it comes along. It's Wednesday to Saturday. Like, I think the, the managers are making the rod for their own back now. The players will be tired. I mean, Ferguson said it last week when they, after the Chelsea match, didn't he? He said, I think we were tired from the previous night. 
And Benitez quite rightly said, well, we played on Thursday night and we played the same players. Like, if you tell them they're tired, they're going to be tired. Mm. Whereas I think what Wenger should have done was play his best possible team, say, OK, it's a big task because we've got a big job on our hands. But the fact is, Jer, they did win 2-0. Another goal would have, would, would have got them through. And imagine the incredible boost to the whole club if they knocked Bayern out from that situation. Well, exactly. But you don't know until you try. I mean, it's, you see, people say afterwards, a lot of people, maybe Wenger, say, oh, God, 2-0. Maybe if I'd played my best team, we might have done these fellas. It's too late. You know, you're looking too far ahead. You're looking forward to Saturday's game. You, you have to... The next... I haven't said in football, the most important match in football is your next match. Not the one after that. The next match. The one you play that night is the most important. And I don't think Arsenal did that last night. What What is the truth of where Wenger and Arsenal are at at the moment? Uh, the, the league position, again, the league tale tends not to tell too many fibs at this stage of the no, season. No, the usual. It's, I, 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 I would agree with that. I think what's happened... I think he's at a crossroads, Wenger, because... You see, it's what, seven years, eight years ago, Jerry, he decided to pursue a certain policy. And the policy was that restricted wages, a youth policy, and all these players would come through together. Right Now, the fact is that has failed. And it failed last year. Because, like, if Fabregas left, Van Persie left, Glishy left, all these players that were supposed <coughs> excuse me, stick together were going one by one. So he was left with that particular policy failing because he wasn't spending big money in relation to other clubs. Yeah. So that's gone now. So he's had to sign more experienced players. I think he will have to wait until after the summer where he's given the money, pursues a new policy uh, of getting good players in uh, and see how he goes from there. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, Jack. Do you think the right thing to do is for, for Wenger and for Arsenal to stick with this rather than change at this stage? I mean, I think it has changed. It has changed. Don't forget, he, he bought Arteta, he bought Marta Serka, he brought a few experienced players. Don't forget, a few years ago at Arsenal, he wouldn't offer more than a one year's contract for anybody coming up to 30. Mm. That's gone. It looks like the wage structure is gone. You know, all these things that he's pursuing has failed it's a real, because he couldn't keep the players. It's a real lost period for Arsenal because that team would have, could have, should have, but that team had the potential to go on and be a really brilliant team. Even even letting Flamini go on the free transfer when yeah. he'd just won his place in the team. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that, that, that's true. I think, the, again, I would say that policy he pursued has failed uh, and because he should have done... He actually went with the directors. See, most directors want you to win trophies without spending any money. Yeah. Right? And it's usually a battle between the manager getting the money to do what he wants and the directors being reluctant to do it. Ferguson would be a perfect case at Manchester United, again, yeah. because you, the, the, the Croziers, what's the... The, the Glazers. The Glazers, yeah. sorry, came in a few years ago and everybody assumed uh, that's him for the, they won't be able to do what he wants. Ferguson fought and got money to buy Van Persie last year for something. At 29 years of age, he spent his 20, 24 minutes. It's been a great signing. For Arsenal couldn't come to terms with Van Persie a year and a half before because they weren't going to pay that type of money. So Ferguson has pursued a policy as managers traditionally. I'm going to get as much money as I can from the directors and I'm going to get great players out on that pitch. That's my job. Wenger went with the directors. He agreed with the policy, not buying players, the youth policy. And it finished up blowing up in his face because the young players weren't prepared to wait another two years or three years before they win a trophy. So he has changed track. Is that the nub of why Ferguson is actually a better manager than Wenger? Um, well, ultimately, it's about results and what you win. And Ferguson has won more trophies than than uh, than Wenger has. So, uh, if it's all about winning trophies, which it is, then Ferguson would be the better manager, right? Now, where uh, sorry, Ferguson would be the better manager. Now, if you look at what Wenger said in recent times when he turned on the press, you're not giving me the credit for what I want. 
because he's talking about running the club in a way that Ferguson doesn't run the club. They've no debt at Arsenal. Manchester United about seven hundred and fifty million. Yeah. In the red, you know, you know what I'm saying, yeah. Like, if it depends what way a manager looks at running the club, Ferguson, I'm here to win trophies. I don't care what it costs. And the fans, fans would be the same. Although there were uh, uh, protests when the Glazers took over, Glazers right, yeah. but Wenger's gone with the director side. It's noticeable and those protests have died down as the trophies have uh, increased. Of course, that's just what the, 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 the supporters don't really care about the financial situation. They want to know is the trophies on the board. Now, if you look at clubs in the way they should be run, Arsenal would be a model in many ways in the way a club should be run. They're not in debt. They've got a new stadium. They've got a good team on the pitch, but they're not winning trophies. Right? Now Ferguson would say, that's no good to me. Yeah. And the Manchester United supporters well, that's no good to us. We want trophies, but it costs money. So that's why his policy of th- that he pursued has failed because he hasn't won a trophy for eight years. And the Arsenal supporters are getting impatient. So he's got to change in the summer. If he doesn't change in the summer, you'll have another season like we've had this season. Is he good enough at this point, <coughs> do you think, John, to get Arsenal back to the point where they can win trophies again? Or is it? can you switch philosophies... The well, way. Uh, you can't switch playing philosophy. See, his playing philosophy hasn't changed. Yeah, it's the it's the commercial and direction in which the club has changed. You see, I think a manager that's done what uh, Fengers doesn't lose his philosophy. He he, he loses the the the, 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 the right players staff. on the pitch. Yeah, and that's what he's lost. I don't. I think he think his philosophy has been proven to be successful and been very very successful. But what he's doing now, or trying to do, you're only as good as the players you have. No matter what philosophy you have, you have to get great, good players on the pitch. The players ultimately is what the players are going to do it for you. And I, he just doesn't have the players at the moment. So I don't think there's anything wrong with his philosophy. I think if he decides in the summer or the director say, right, we're changing policy, you've got to buy the best players available. And I think if he does that and his, his judgment is good and he buys wisely, his philosophy will, will see him as a winner. All right, we've got to take another quick hour break and then we're going to put your text to John. 53106 is the text number. Off the ball, getting inside the game on News Talk 106 to 108. There's going to be extra time at San Siro tonight. Uh, Inter have beaten Spurs 3 0 in 90 minutes. That's 3 all on aggregate. We'll let you know when there's uh, any changes in that one. A lot of people texting in about Everton actually, and we haven't talked about them yet. Daniel and Swords. Will Moyes survive at the Toffees and should he? And Billy from Balgriffin. Uh, John, do you think the players or the manager can be blamed for Everton's appalling habit of failing in the big matches? Um, well, ultimately. Uh, the manager gets the blame or the credit, yeah. I think, you know, if you look at overall picture with, with Moyes, he's well on top because he's had to do it on a very, very limited budget, competing with the likes of Manchester United, Manchester City and all those players. Mm. He's been there for 10 years and he's kept him in a, a good position, probably uh, better than the spending uh, deserved. Yeah. So he's managed the club well like that. I think when, when you get a bad defeat, I watched the match last week and to must say, Wigan were very, very good. They didn't. They really, I thought Everton started quite well. Their attitude was good, but Wigan were, were exceptionally good and beat them well uh, overall. I think when I think Moyes has taken can take them to a certain position, and I don't think they're good enough to march on. Now that doesn't mean they can't beat Wigan uh, on, on paper. They should beat Wigan, but it doesn't always happen that way. But I'd have to say I thought Wigan. Well deserved to win the match, but played exceptionally well on the day. The result is almost a one-off as opposed to, and and I understand why the Everton fans would be very angry about that, but over the course of Moyes' time, he's taken them from a really side who were fighting relegation I season in, season out. Previous season before. I think he's done a great job at Everton, overall. He's done a great job at, at Everton. And there's some talk that maybe he won't be given a new contract as opposed to he won't sign a new contract. I don't believe is. that. 
I think he I think he's I think he's in the driving seat there. I don't think there's there's I think he said himself early on he wants to wait until the end of the season. Um, Should one of the bigger clubs take a, a risk on on him at this stage? Well, if you if you if, if a club's looking for a manager, then if you're looking for a proven record, I mean his record has been very very good at Everton over the, the ten, I think it's eleven years now. He hadn't been big spenders. They've had to sell players. Uh, so if you if you look at all the all the the, the 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 all the angles of it, I think he's done a very very good job at Everton and would deserve. If a bigger club took a chance on him, I think it would be the right thing to do. Okay. Um, John, any regrets about never getting to play in Spain, Italy or Germany? Any offers, asks Noel? We weren't allowed yeah, to, to, to... like in, in my day, there was no freedom of contract. So the, the mindset of a player was, well, I'm at this club and that's it. I can't do anything about it unless the club wants me to go. Uh, and I must be honest now, in my time at Leeds, in my 12 years at Leeds, uh, we were a top team. I didn't really want to go anywhere else, yeah. to be honest. Now, if I had my career to be all over again and I had the circumstances the lads have today where I'd, like a, we'd won the Leeds league at Leeds in 69, I was 28 at that stage. I would, if I was doing it now, I'd like to, I, freedom of contract, I'd like to go to Spain or Italy. Yeah. Now, looking back on it, but I'd no, I had no regrets at the time and I had no, no, no great ambitions. I, it wasn't on to do, Jay, so it never came into my head. You a know? bit of sunshine in Barcelona, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... It, uh, looking back on it, Jared, I wouldn't. I wouldn't swap my time. I was very lucky to, to to be able to do what I did. But the players now, with the freedom of contract, they can let the contract run out and they go as a free agent. They go where they want. In those days, you just couldn't do it. Even if your contract was up, the club could say, uh, "Well, these are the terms. If you don't sign them, then you can't play for anybody else." That's the way it was, and it was accepted uh, until the, the freedom of contract came. Is, is this something maybe Irish players need to do a bit more of? Uh, like you think back, Liam Brady obviously is the standard example of somebody yeah. who did go away and, and have a, a really good career at the top end but maybe it's something that maybe we we as a football nation need to look more abroad and, and, and send our players abroad more well I don't think you can send them abroad the club either wants you abroad either want you or they don't want you Jerry you know, Liam was an exceptional talent uh, and he was he was taken to, to Juventus and had a, a good time in Italy generally don't forget Robbie Keane went to Italy for a short time um, but you can't. I don't think you can send the players there. You, you know, you, you have to be invited. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> They're going to pay your wages. <laughs> Would Roy Keane be as feared if he was playing today? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think Roy Keane was 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 um, a great player for Manchester United and for Ireland. And uh, there's no reason why he couldn't he couldn't be today. Oh no, I think if 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 Ferguson could could have him back at his best, or any club for that matter, would, would take him. Without any hesitation. Yeah, there is this notion that uh, Keane was a holding midfielder, and that's less uh, prominent today than it was even four or five years ago. But well, I didn't see him as a holding mid player. He, 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 like the the, the 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 description of a holding mid player today, yeah, so somebody sits back and never gets forward and is very limited in what he does, breaks up a few attacks. But he, Keane, went at his best when he was playing Manchester United, was up and down the pitch. He was all over the pitch. That was that's what made him. Great, you know, he, he was getting his tackles in when 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 he had to be the hold, not the holding player, but a defensive player, and he was well able to attack when he did. He had a great uh, attitude towards the game, give everything for the team, and he could cover the ground. Great, I think he was exceptionally quick. Never, nobody ever talked about his pace, but when they were up against it, when he had to get back and win tackles and do the various things, then he, then he did it. Yeah, great stuff, John. Great having you with us tonight. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Jer. Thanks for listening to this News Talk One Hundred Six to One Hundred Eight podcast. To download other programs or for more information, go to newstalk.ie.